Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. stories have a variety of plot shifts throughout the story. It's what makes it interesting. Things will be going along for the characters, maybe going well, maybe not so well, but then all of a sudden a new character or a new revelation or a new situation arises that sets the story on a different path. Even though it's the same story that continues, there are nonetheless major changes happening as the story unfolds, as the new situation shifts things in a new direction. Up until this point in the book of Acts, the gospel has been spreading around Israel, but has for the most part stayed there. As far as we know, it's mostly stayed amongst the Jewish people. We've met one Ethiopian eunuch so far who has come to faith, but other than that, those people who are coming to Jesus have been Jewish people. There is not a lot of room in the Jewish faith for Gentiles, and that just means anyone who's not Jewish, as Israel was mostly warned to avoid them in order to avoid corruption in God's law. But the Gentiles are about to become major players in the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament, changing this Christian story forever. Acts chapter 10 verses 1 through 8 says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So Cornelius is a Gentile, a non-Jew, and he's a Roman soldier at that. The harsh military branch of the hated Roman Empire that was violently and cruelly oppressing the Jewish people at the time. He is an enemy, and one that the Jews would not have engaged with for any reason. When Jesus said to love your enemies, he was talking about people like Cornelius, and loving your enemies is much easier said than done. Although this particular Roman soldier seems different right off the bat. He's a Gentile, but he also knows and seeks God. He is noted for being generous and devout, which likely would have been quite a juxtaposition for Peter, who we're about to enter into this story. We would have naturally viewed Cornelius as a pagan who hated the God of Israel and hated God's people. But Cornelius has been noticed by God. And one day Cornelius is encountered by an angel of God who tells him to go and find a man named Peter. Interestingly, the angel notes that Cornelius' prayers and gifts to the poor have risen up as an offering to God. God is pleased with what you're doing. Now anyone growing up in an evangelical church has probably remembered being told that your righteousness is as filthy rags from Isaiah chapter 64. We were taught that our own good works are like garbage before the Lord because we're sinful. So even our best efforts uh, aren't anything to him. And yet this passage today would seem to clearly say otherwise. God was pleased by Cornelius' righteous actions. Even though he's not a believer of Jesus yet, it even seems, it might even be suggested that all of this is happening because God is pleased with these righteous works. 
This is going to require some wrestling for those of us who believe that it's only the righteousness of Jesus that releases heaven's blessings into our lives. So let's take some time today to do that wrestling. What role, if any, does our righteousness, our righteous action, have to do with our walk with God, or with his heart towards us, or with what he does as he interacts with our lives? By all means, let's talk to other people as we think about this, and see what conclusions we might come to as we discuss how our righteous works fit in with our walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm.